All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, Mr. Sands, spinning the one and twos, 1-800-707-9760 is your number. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a fully virtual insurance broker who can handle all your insurance needs, whether auto, life, home, or renters. And he can find the cheapest rate out there for you because he represents over 40 different carriers. Give him a call. He'll give you a free quote. His number is 210-641-4000. That's Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese, official sponsor of the Sports Crush. All right, so before we move on, um, I'll address Mike's question uh, right before we went to the break about Lamar Jackson. Look, no, I disagree that I don't think Lamar should or in the position to where he wouldn't suit up or hold out. Um, look, the reality of it is this. Lamar Jackson has decided to represent himself along with his mother. OK, now I do. I think people get that and people think like, oh, OK. I mean, yes, I think they have lawyers on deck to look at contracts to do all that. But he is looking to negotiate and really say and and go into these meetings and try to play, you know, sell his worth. Now, I've told you that the tricky thing about this is, is that it's almost like when you go to arbitration in baseball, like you there's ugly things that got to come out like this is where the relationship. And that's why I do believe Lamar like this whole notion, this this stuff that's been put out there. And like, again, this goes back to. Everybody's trying to have, you know, podcasts. Everybody's got outlets. Everybody can tweet from their basement just to start some. Oh, Lamar's unhappy with Baltimore. And that's the reason why Lamar had to come out and say, hey, man, I don't know where this fake narrative is. I love, I want to be a Raven. I'm a Raven. And I believe when he says that. Now, the thing about it is that the relationship and their GM is in a diff- and it is in a tough spot because you're usually you're talking to the agent, but you're having to have conversations with Lamar and say, you know what, man, you kind of got banged up. You know, your accuracy in the play. So those conversations going on. But this is the thing, Mike. The Baltimore Ravens are really looking at Lamar like, okay, are you doing what Josh Allen is doing? Are we winning? Do we, we advance? Are we granted that we got decimated with injuries? I think Baltimore, to be honest with you, Baltimore is one of my teams now that we look in April. And like I said, I'm, I'm ahead of the curve because just because we – We've been so I've been talking NFL heavy in the month of 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 uh you know March and now in April just because of the trades and everything. But you know, Baltimore is one of the teams right now, I'll tell you that's on my radar, is one of those teams that to watch out for to bounce back that they I wouldn't be surprised if they're in Super Bowl contentions because they had a lot of injuries and they're probably coming back with a chip on their shoulder. But however, they're looking at Lamar like, okay, we've seen what yes, you've got a league MVP. But we've seen Patrick Mahomes go to, um, you know, one Super, two Super Bowls and three conference championship games. Josh Allen has gone through now. Are you looking at that? Because I like Lamar Jackson, but the type of money that Lamar is probably trying to get or where they got it, the Ravens have to really look and say, hey, we see a little bit more. Keep in mind, everything that the Ravens did, when Ozzie Newsom drafted, on his last draft, when he drafted Lamar Jackson before he retired, the whole organization was committed to changing everything and tailoring to Lamar Jackson's skill set. And even if a day comes where Lamar wants to be another team or they can't, that team, whoever would acquire Lamar, it's not like picking up a Deshaun Watson, a Russell Wilson, a Dak Prescott, an Aaron Rodgers, whoever. 
you got to sit there and really go and say, hey, we're all on right now. He's gotten better in accuracy, but Lamar's strength of his game is his legs and his speed. He's got to get a little bit more consistency and accuracy. I think that, you know, he could help with a little bit more weapons. They've tried to do that, you know, with, uh, with you know, Hollywood Brown and, and those guys like that and maybe address it. They've got one of the top tight ends in the game in Andrews. But I, to, but to bring it back full circle, Mike, no, he shouldn't sit out. He doesn't need to sit out because at the end of the day, he's got to still prove. And he's got to leave MVP, but he's asking for – I know he's got to be asking for special money. And this whole guaranteed situation – and the Ravens have already come out and said, uh, yeah, we saw what Cleveland did, but we ain't operating. I think the word that you – we're operating in realistic terms. So that's just letting you know, like, Lamar, your mom, tell your mama don't get no ideas, man, because we ain't guaranteeing a damn thing. We ain't guaranteeing nothing over there. Don't worry about that team. We don't care who it is. Deshaun Watson – uh, T. Dub Watson, Randy Watson. We're not going to go ahead and guarantee no two hundred three. That's what's going on. So, and if you want to represent yourself, these things take time. He'll be on the field. He'll be on the field. Cooper Cup is the one that need to be holding out. He's the one that need to be holding out because he's got hardware and he had one of the most statistical thing. That's the thing, you know. If I were Cooper Cup, I'd call up Jesse Jackson myself. Or have Sharp to say, hey, can I get some, can I get some reference? Hey, look at what's going on. All these receivers get my own team is paying him. Can I get some help? And let me tell you something. Jesse and Jesse now, they'll take the phone call too. They get a check, they'll take the phone call. Watch somebody pissed off. Oh, Kyle, how are you gonna say that? Oh, whatever. Shut up. Anyway, um, no, man, that's it, Mike. That's the thing. Speaking of that, before we go to the phones here, NFL, one of the things that I've had, we haven't even got to in the last couple of days because a lot's been tired talking all that, NFL, is uh, Tyron Matthew, the honey badger. Um, you know, we he, it's well documented. A few days ago, he visited with the Saints. But, you know, today he came out and said, hey, you know what? It would be lovely to go back home and play in the 504. And I started thinking, I was like, look, man, I saw the kid at LSU. I love Tyron Matthew, you know, um, didn't really like seeing him in, in Chiefs Reds too much. Didn't got to worry about that no more. But I don't know if this is a good idea. And I know he's changed his life and things is grounded. But when you go back home, and some of them boys, when you were down in the Baton Rouge and the LSU, you know, blowing big and stuff on that coach and all that, running in trouble, I don't know. And I think he's much more mature now. But it kind of concerns me the fact that that's one of those things that you'd have to really watch out going back home to play in that environment. When you come back home to the 504 and you're down there and you're professional and that's kind of where, you know, you had some struggles there at LSU personally, some personal demons. So to me, um, I don't know if that's such a good idea. It would be a hell of a pickup. You know, you heard me say, I think the Saints got a championship defense already. They just got a gun. They're going to have some tough shoes to fill with Drew Brees and get some more consistency on offense, you know, post Drew Brees there. But they've got – a championship defense. And if you add Tyrone Matthew to that with Lattimore back there, that would help. But I don't know if that's a good thing in my opinion. I don't think that, the, I don't know if that's just a good idea for Tyrone Matthew, you know, okay. compared to some of the other teams that options he might have, but he's damn sure taking his time on this. Well, and, and that's because this could be the last, you know, big contract that he might be able to secure, mm-hmm. uh, you know, approaching quickly approaching 30 years old um, in the NFL. But it's, one of those things where sometimes home cooking can be a good thing too, you know, to have the sense of familiarity when you've moved around a little bit, the, the uh, feeling unappreciated maybe in Kansas city because they didn't show up. They decided to go out there and replace you. Sometimes it, it just kind of might be something to help reset that, you know, hit that reset button. 
Um, if he would go to New Orleans, he'd be joining uh, Sorensen there, who they just picked up in, at the safety position uh, to to so some familiarity there to compete on that defensive front uh, the uh, back end. Well, you have the powerful defensive front there, of, for, of course, with uh, Davenport and Cam Jordan. Like that's. That wouldn't be a bad place to be and to have the familiarity of home to kind of, again, just like recenter things. Well, the teams that are interested in them, like I said, the Dallas Cowboys have been rumored to them. I know the Colts are interested in them. Um, the Saints has been one, and the Broncos, the other team that's that's on the cool, has showed some interest in them. Now, there's a situation with that. I mean, hey, if you want, you know, shot to play the Chiefs, come to, oh, man. Him and Justin, oh, him and Justin Tom. Oh, come on, man! Justin Simmons back there, and Tyrone Matt. Stop it! Stop it! Just, just, just I mean, they say it's the toughest division of football, but they show it with Tyrone Matthew. Just everybody playing for second, man. Yeah, I'll tell you that in April before we even get to the draft pick. But yeah, but Tyrone just going back to the five hundred four. I don't know about that, but they, they he's taking his time on that. But we'll see how that goes. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven six. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando, you on the sports ground here on Ticket Seven Sixty and Thirteen Hundred Zone? What's up, Fernando? Thanks, Calvin, for having me. No I just wanted to chip in a little bit on the on the Tiger Woods. Uh, mm-hmm. I see that the uh, Beatles concert has begun, and uh, number two, I agree with you as far as. Uh, you know, if you're a 25 year old golfer, professional golfer out there, or you're in your 20s, and and you know this 46 year old guy, 45 year old guy, you know who's been put together like Frankenstein is kicking your ass. You know, I'd be pretty, pretty pissed at myself. You know, uh, and number three, the last thing I wanted to say is, you know, from my perspective, unfortunately, I think Tiger Woods has kind of because everything that's happened to him in his career, that he could have rewritten the record books. You know, had it not been for the accident, the uh, the, the wreck, uh, the injuries, because if you look back in the last 12, 13 years, he's only won about 13. Of course, he did win the Masters, right? Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm not denigrating. He's a GOAT. But mm-hmm. my point is, is that if he would have stayed clean, nothing, you know, had a regular career, he would have rewritten everything. All the wins, all the majors, everything, in my opinion. Okay. All right, Fernando. Um, look, and let me just clarify something. I mean, too, I mean, to be honest with you, he's kind of already still rewritten everything. The only thing he hasn't is the guy he's chasing, the Golden Bear, who still has 18, and he's stuck on uh, 15. Uh, but for other oh, PJ wins, like he's it's done. Now, I think part of that is that, uh, you know, because I know Jack was dealing with some hip stuff even toward his end. I mean, injuries are part of it. I will say this. I've always gone back to where his dad, you know, um, rest his soul, but Earl, I always say that that loss of him is what I think particularly started to rail Tiger in some other ways. Because first of all, I've said it in my opinion that if Earl was still living, he probably never would have gotten married. I mean, that would have been one of those things. At that time, I remember it like it was in real time. I mean, Tiger, and I've said this before, that was the time where Phil was starting to win his first majors. Uh, you know, he had Amy, his wife, Amy, I think that's her name, sitting there off the 18th green, the family, the two girls and the girl and Tiger's team, you know, and I don't know if it was IMG or whatever that was, it was, was controlling him at the time, but Hey man, you know, this family, I mean, this is a family, you know how much more money you'd be worried. We have the family, married kids. And that's what when Tiger and little alone did we not know Tiger was not a guy that was wanting to really be married life. He had some things that he wanted to get out. Of him, he wanted like you know coming. He wanted to sool his royal oats. Okay, that right there is what. And, and again, yes, the injuries 
has kind of got. But I've always said that his dad was still living there past that whole trajectory, and I think going on. But for the mo- and and the one thing I want to clarify uh, from what the last call said. I'm not saying any 21, 20, or 24-year-old golfer out there should be embarrassed because this guy's coming. I'm talking about the key dudes. I'm talking about the guys that were supposed to be next up. Not the next Tiger, but the ones that were saying we're fine because the game's in good with them. I'm talking about Dustin. I'm talking about Rory. I'm talking about Jordan. I'm talking about Kepka. I'm talking about these guys. Those are the handful of guys that I'm talking The Bryce Bone. You know, which Bryce has been struggling with his game for a, while, for a little bit anyway. But Bryce, I'm talking about those main guys, just not guys that are just out there getting a PGA Tour. Like uh, Mr. Spawn, my man Spawn, that just won the Valero Open. There's no shame for him just showing up, no preparation, and Tiger off of one lay out of the bed, whatever you want to say. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the big dog. I'm talking about the young guys, the guys that have admired him, the guys that the public media, other fans say, hey, man, the game's a good sport. We got these guys, those guys, the guys that would keep Tiger from winning if they have Tiger had to go up against those guys in his prime, those are the guys that were like my man. That's a, my man TC, a pro golf that used to call the show. T, those I'm talking about the guys that have been talked about by guys like that that follow game. Those are the particular guys that I'm saying that you can't let him outplay you for these three four days in these conditions. That's what I'm saying, but not just to any guy golfer out there because he's younger. Just those particular guys. So uh, this we're kind of in a rare time. You know, for sports, yes, we're appreciating this week, of course, Tiger's greatness, but the longevity of Tom Brady, the longevity of LeBron James, and to be able to continue to do it at at a point where they too are showing up today's generation. So, is it almost more embarrassing though? For or not embarrassing, but a little bit more uh, uh, contrasting in terms of the age in golf as it is would you know lebron to still show up other young nba oh, stars or tom brady to still show different. up other quarterbacks it, it's different because i mean well i mean that's a great question Jones. brady I, was I think, runner up for mvp this right. year and aaron Rodgers got I, it. I i think it's um i think it's a little bit different i mean i get what you're saying that's a great question um you could look if you want to or if you want to move from the sport of golf and talk about football and tom brady if you're a quarterback and this guy their circumstance, because we're talking, and the reason why I say it's a little bit different, Joe, is because those are team sports. You see what I'm saying? Right. This is your so you're on an island out here. It's you and your caddy. If you're in a if you're if you're an MMA fighter, it's you in that octagon in your corner. If you're a boxer, it's you in that ring in your corner. These I'm talking about individual tennis. It's you in the court and your opponent and the line judge. I'm talking about when you walk in the arena of just the individuality of that individual sport where there's nothing else. A Tom Brady, a LeBron. You got team that I mean, look, LeBron almost is in contention for a scoring title, and his team is part of one of the most disappointing regular season teams in sports history. It's not making the playoffs, you know. Um, so I see what you're saying, but I think it's still different, even with the type with the individual sport, because in teams, everything comes in factor in this. Like I said, Tom Brady didn't leave New England, go to Jacksonville, and win a Super Bowl in his first year with the Jacksonville roster. Right. He went to a team that was ready and built through draft. But even so, his individual success. When you take away the team element, he's still competing for. You're MVPs, talking about his individual. LeBron individually is still competing for scoring you. titles. Does that to to, to the to the the broader spectrum sports fan out there who may not be following the Masters as tightly or wrapped up into the the drama of what we're talking about right. here is 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 it similar to say that again the quarterbacks in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, to to Mike's point, needs to kind of look at himself in the mirror and be like, Yo, I'm still getting shown up by Tom Brady. 
the any anybody young NBA stars uh, outside of maybe Ja Morant and Devin Booker. I think that there some of these other guys need to kind of look in the mirror and be like, man, I'm still letting LeBron dominate this game. AD, I'm still letting LeBron dominate this game. Well, see, I don't think you know. I don't know if I would still consider LeBron dominating the game still because I think if LeBron was at the, the scoring status- titles as dominating the game. If he gets if he gets a that, scoring Jones. title in year nineteen, that still says dominating offense. If he was domi- if he was dominating the game, he should damn that they should be getting a tenth spot, a ninth spot. San Antonio should be the team that's eliminated. Not them. I can't give him dominating because I don't think LeBron LeBron can whether he's scoring title or whatever. LeBron can he's past the days of putting a team like the Cavs that lost to the the, the Spurs. Year Tony Parker won the MVP. He can't put a team on like East or West Coast put a team on his back and go like that. He can't do that no more. Okay, is he out there looking better than what Mike did at this age or Kobe or whoever? Yes, but but to sit there and say he can, he's still dominating the game, I don't know about that. Because if that's the case, the Lakers wouldn't be one of the biggest mistakes out there, uh, the disappointments, I could, should say, out there. Speaking of that, before we go back to NBA, and because we're talking football and a lot of Tiger, um, you know, another thing about NBA, Adam Silva, I've always, you know, Adam Silva's been batting a thousand, but, you know, Adam did an interview and he was talking about, you know, this play-in situation's coming in 2023. I think they've already laid out the rules. I haven't looked at it yet, but he's they're finally doing that. But he basically talked about the stars need to play more. And I have some thoughts to that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Sandspin the One and Twos. Today's show was presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. Make sure you continue to check out their website, shop for the comforts of your own home. Got new product coming in every week. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. All right, make sure you try out their new flavored uh, mixed drinks, or you can just stick to the regular fashion uh, mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Crime. All right, so um, what you got? So just really quick for anybody following, because we've been providing updates all day, Tiger finished the 18 uh, one under par. Yeah, so he's finished his day at one under par, only third time in his master's career as a professional that he's shot under par in opening round. So, hey, hell of an accomplishment, I think. Um, Because I think if if he goes back tomorrow, I mean, I know weather might be a little different, don't know exactly what his tee time is going to be, but maybe if he goes backwards, I mean, automatically the question is going to be, 
but that back, you know, not back, but the whole body, laser soreness and all that kind of stuff. You know, that kicked in. But we'll see. It makes tomorrow very interesting to see what his follow-up is going to be. Um, but anyway, uh, before we get out here, any social media, Twitter, 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 <laughs> or either Facebook Live, anything? Yeah, on Facebook, uh, we were just having the conversation. Where do, where does this put Tiger if he can pull this off? Uh, where does this put this performance this year? Claudia and Carl Polk already saying Tiger is the goat of goats. Serena is a close second. So he's already got the goat status in terms of all sports. Agree? I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, it's opinionated. I mean, it's uh, there's really no right or wrong answer. I think he's definitely would be in the conversation of all. Um, I mean, you know, Tom is. I mean, I guess you could put there Serena with or without a doubt. I think Serena left a lot on the bone, though. I think those in her prime, those I've said it forever on the show. It was a couple years where she kind of got sidetracked and the clothing company and everything like that. And I thought there was some, some. I mean, she would have passed the all-time record by now, but she's definitely up there as one of the goats. Of of women, but no, Tiger. I could I could kind of agree with that if that's Carl and then Polk's, uh, you know, opinion. Yeah, I mean, to each their own on that one, right? Yeah. Uh, so over on Twitter, we got Dante uh, checking in. Opening day, he's uh, calling his shot as well. World Series prediction: Toronto versus Atlanta. Mm, so he's got Dante's got Atlanta going back. Um, I can see that. I mean, I've got to see, you know, Acuna, we didn't get into it, but, you know, he basically did an interview, I think, uh, you know, with a Dominican reporter, and, you know, it kind of surfaced today that, you know, he said, hey, I'm not going to miss Freddie Freeman. You know, he didn't treat me that well. Well, I would tell, you know, which you got to keep in mind, Acuna's coming off of an injury. I don't think he's even going to be ready for the start of the season. I mean, he might be. They might take their gloves, you know, handle him with gloves a little bit. But he's their best player. But the one thing I will say, if Dante's prediction – what what is going to be what what leadership from Freddie Freeman is what what void is that a void left out of that clubhouse for them to be able to go back and get to that point? Uh, keep in mind, I think we're Salami used to remind me this all the time, but if I remember, I mean, damn, we've we've got to be like what nineteen seasons, seven, eighteen seasons without a repeat champion. I mean, let alone probably somebody getting back-to-back World Series appearances. So it's been a long time for a repeat champion in baseball. Um, I said it yesterday. The only thing, I mean, it'll take me some time to dive into some storylines because there's a lot of, like I said, the lockout kind of threw me out of whack. Like, hey, man, whatever happens in the offseason, whatever. But when they start playing, the only thing to me going in is I'm interested to see what the Twins team is going to look like. And not only that, I just want to know, is this the team – that is finally, and also the Phillies. I think the Phillies intrigue me as well too because I like the the Kyle Schwarber pickup and Joe Girardi still over there coming in his second year, I believe, with Philly. Um, that, but I still the thing is this: the season, do they have the pitching staff and do they have the bullpen to get Mike Trout into the postseason? Because if not, I think you know. Again, and this is a sport that's all about it ain't an individual sport, but it, damn it, it's all about numbers. And baseball, and as long as he puts up numbers that we really haven't seen, we'll play. Okay, he'll stay up there. But I think with Mookie, man, Mookie landing in L.A. and Mookie already getting the ring, and Mookie being that, he might get some separation. It might not be Trout's fault, and I don't think it's Trout's fault. It's just going to come down to the management of what they're going to do if they're able to, to solve the bullpen and the pitching problems to finally get him in the postseason. Um, a couple other, th- one other thing I wanted to get to too. Back to the NBA was Adam Silva's comments because Adam Silva has been a guy that's been in the corner of this whole studies and science 
and the rest part of resting. He's been very outspoken in the players supporting them. You know, they came out with something that was basically in regards to, you know, fine, letting people know because the TV networks of skies were going to sit. They went the extra length to not schedule so many back-to-back games as previous in the past because all this. So it surprised me when I heard, and I haven't heard all of his comments because I just saw pretty much the headlines and looked at it, saying that the stars got to play more. We've got stars resting too much or sitting out. And I'm thinking like, well, damn, Adam, like that's a 180. I mean, like, where did this come from? Like, for one minute, you've been pretty much, a, a, you know, pro, like, hey, it's players rest, the science shows you and their bodies. And then all of a sudden now it's we've got we, we've got to get stars out there more. So I'm thinking, where is this coming from? Well, there's a handful of things here. OK, obviously addressing this issue that the star, the, the star players aren't playing enough. He says that part of the issue is injuries. Um, and, and how that's, you know, the, that and the slower rehab you know process, you're not trying to rush players back out there. Uh, another thing he thinks is there's just not enough incentive during the season to compete fully. You know, you talk about resting, resting a Paul George a little bit longer, just to wait till the end of the season and see if you need to, for, you know, for, force your way into the playoffs or not. But then he also does go on to say, and he says, I've said it in the past. If we have too many games, that's something we should look at as well. Looking at the overall schedule. It's something as we sit down and we're looking at the new media deals and looking at the new collective bargaining agreement, we will be studying. There isn't any banging of the table or anything like that from discussions with players. You know, they recognize this issue as well, you know, with wearing down on their bodies. So we could see a shortened NBA season. And you know what? I, I think I didn't know he said all that, but that was going to be one of my solutions. Like, we'll shorten the season. And the one thing, the reason why he says with the collective bargaining and stuff coming up, and then she's, look, the influx, Manfred talked about it this morning, the, what, what gambling is going to do to baseball um, and how that's been this one thing, but they're in bed with, you know, casinos and stuff. And if the NBA knows, too, the, the influx of these partnerships from gambling and the revenue – that's like almost going to be and going to be more. That's more than TV rev. That's going to end up being more than TV revenue and TV deals. So the point I'm trying to make is that gives you flexibility to go to owners. It's like, hey, you know about that money y'all complaining and bitching about it? We cut down from 82 to 62 or 50 game regular season. That's going to be made up this way. And if all the players get, that's going to give any sport to look at it. But that's going to give them the flexibility to really, if they want to solve this, because I don't know what else you can do. I mean, you know, you can't sit there. Like, for example, the Spurs report tonight, what do they have on Lonnie? Or, or, or who is that that you – I know DeJounte's out, but who else is probable for what? Uh, Lonnie's probable. Jock Landale's out. Mr. Okay. Doug McDermott, of course, is out. And what's wrong with Lonnie? What's his ailment? What do they say his is that? Well, Lonnie, I think, is still the knee, and then Devin Vassell probable with the uh, Achilles. Okay. Okay, let me use Devin Vassell. I just watched Devin Vassell the other night. It looked like he got nothing wrong with the Achilles. Now, he might have a sore Achilles. You, know, you got a sore Achilles. The next thing you don't want to do is for a pop. Correct. Now, but the, but that is more of a rest situation still for Vassell. So there's nothing you can do. And I know this. And, and, and again, Adam's not talking about the Vassells of the world. That's not who Adam. Adam's talking about the LeBron. Jason the Tatum Steph, not playing the tonight Tatum. is a problem. Right. But still, you still can't put, like, for example, if you put that on Tatum or whatever, a Dokin, he's coming from this tree, he's learning from Pop. So if you sit there and say, well, Tatum's out tonight for a little soreness, you really can, that's just another word for rest. But so I don't know how you fix that. So the only other, the solution is 
yeah, let's 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 cut down the games. If he's sitting there thinking that when there's maybe there's meaningless games or there's not enough game what we do because they're trying to think of every reason to justify this in season tournament, which I don't see how that makes sense. That's just to me that I I got to wait to see that fold out to where how that even makes sense. But if you really think there's might be too many games because they're meaningless games and all oh, we clinch, this is what it is. Then yeah, let 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 let's short it down to fifty. Let's short it down to a sixty game. I think I think if you go to a fifty game season in the NBA, and you like say if you go to fifty games and you keep the nine and ten permanently, then okay. I, I but but you know. That and, and again, you, you're, it's going to have to, and that's why he brings up the collective bargaining agreement because it's really going to come down to that and the revenue. That how are you going to make that revenue up? Because remember, the owners aren't the ones getting up and down the court; they just the ones that handling all the expenses and looking at the overhead and the are we in the black, we in the red, and they don't. They're not their bodies are not the one that's going to. They're paying you to go that, but they can't relate to where you're talking about. Two to three flights in a week, up and down out at thirty thousand feet in the air, um, in and out of of, of that. That's the travel is the wear and tear. So they don't really say numb. They just say, well, where am I gonna make up the money? But if they have some sympathy and they're tired of seeing their stars get hurt or if it's hurting them and play, perfect example it had nothing to do with that. But look, for example, like again, Alonzo Ball, Chicago has. I've been coming here and saying, well, you know, DeRozan has really cooled down this and that. But I even tend to forget, you know what? They've been without Alonzo Ball, and when they had Alonzo Ball, they were really balling. No pun intended. But the truth of the matter is, now Alonzo's done for the year. And that's hurt that team. Chicago's not doing it. Chicago can't beat nobody, I don't think, four out of seven in the East. Not, I mean, not not Milwaukee, not Boston. Philly? Not Philly. Miami? No. And I'm not even that sold on Miami. So they would have to beat – they'd have to get somebody like Atlanta. You know, maybe they could get an Atlanta. Atlanta's not been playing as good as they had all year last year. But my point being is that – the owners got to buy into and have some sympathy to the players, but the the main thing is to shorten the season and make the money up somewhere else. So if you're going to have sympathy for the players and shorten the season, if I'm a governor in the NBA, I'm saying I don't want to pay you the same amount of money to play 20 fewer games. Um, I, That's not flying for me. If I'm the players, if I'm head of players, that ain't flying for me because – you, where's the money from the gambling? The number was money from the networks. I I'm still justified to pay that. But that number is going up regardless every year anyway. Even if you were to stick with the schedule of 82, it don't matter. Like you got even if we shave off games and that pie is still because that gambling revenue and the TV revenue I think is still going to be there whether it's 82 or 50 games. So then if you're playing 60 games and I want to be able to put it, I, I want to change the guarantee then in the contract and say you still if I if we're going to shorten this for to, for your body purposes I need to know that my my uh, ticket revenue my TV revenue that you're not sitting out any games. If I'm paying, if I'm paying LeBron James right. guaranteed forty million dollars a year, sixty million dollars a year, then LeBron LeBron needs to play a quota, a certain percentage of those games, and I, for everything missed, there becomes can, a tax for missing games. I, I'll meet you somewhere in that area to where it would that would be part one of it, and then part two of it is okay. You still have to respect injured players, hurt players, like yes. like you can play hurt, but you can't play injured. Okay, there's two. That's two different things. 
Injury is like IR. That's why. So there still has to be a level of sensitivity, like if you're really injured or hurt. So it can't be really a black and white quota, like, okay, man, if we go to 50 games, you got to sign on here that you got to give me 80, 90% of those games or unless your rate goes down to here. I, I see the neighborhood that you're in, but it has to be, it's levels to it. It has to be tweaked. It has to be like, okay, this is what we're going to do to solve, but also we have to say outside the norm of catastrophic injuries where you got to get, you've got to get a, like they do everything else, whether you got to outsource another medical person that's not a team doctor, that's not employed by the Los Angeles Lakers, we're talking about LeBron, or the Boston Celtics, we're talking about Jason Tatum. If you got to get an outside source to verify those injuries do they say, okay, man, he's hurt. Then, okay, I can see that. But you just can't make it black and white. Like, hey, if you don't hit 78% of your games, then that goes down there. Well, injuries, of course. But but like you said, in, injuries versus playing injured versus playing hurt is what tore apart a locker room down here in 2017. So defining what, what, what you can or can't play with. No, you know what tore a locker room down here? What to, not know what, what tore a locker room down here it was when the Godfather sent the goons out there to corner the dude in the corner and tell him, like, look, you in without us? And then say, yeah, Tony, go tell 5 o'clock news that you've been to Musford. I've been to Ludbert. That's what tore up. Like, why'd you even bring that up to even get me sorry? I'm, I'm trying to be past I'm, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, saying yeah. That, I'm saying that it's a real issue as to players being able to determine whether they're hurt or not by a second opinion or vice versa. But, again, it just comes back to – if you're, if I'm gonna make this easier for you to play the sport all the way through a season, and I'm gonna shorten this, I need assurances that you're gonna be there. That's I'm with all. You, I'm with you, but the, there's not a simple answer to how do you do that, and how do you do that in language terms when you're talking about messing with people's money. Um, speaking of that, you know, LeBron, the news, I guess it's on his episode of the Shop. The next one's coming out, but LeBron said, yeah. I would like to play with Steph. And, of course, everybody's running, going, freaking out, like, oh, here he goes again. Here he goes. I like Steph's response. I'm like, nah, man, I'm good. And like I was telling Jonas earlier off here, I was like, you know, LeBron is not even – LeBron didn't really respect Steph during those battles. He didn't. He, you know, it was one of – I remember talking about this on the show. He didn't respect for him, D-Wade, all that. I think what Steph has done in the last few years has made the LeBrons, the D-Wades – a lot of guys that wasn't giving him love to really be like, you know what, this light skinned brother can really brawl. You know, we know he ain't like, you know, we gave him the heart. He didn't have a hard time. You know, I think it was even a comment because you know Steph, you know, didn't have know about the hard knocks of coming in, coming up without a father, and all this kind of stuff. Stuff that we look at in our culture. He's gained Steph. Steph's gained for, but Steph's like, hey man, don't. First of all, you can't make that happen to another year. And after that, you damn near twenty and you're twenty six. Why the hell I want you to ride on my coattail, your old ass? At that time, Steph's like, no, nah, I'm good, man. Strength and numbers are good over here. Don't come over here and try to steal one on my back. And then I all oh, Steph needed LeBron to get his other. Steph ain't you ain't follow. My guy ain't following for the banana in the tailpipe. LeBron, stop it. All right, man, that's a wrap. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Mr. Sam Spinning the one and two, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people of Tyler, people of the Shot City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, for you to snooze button and for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow.